Hello and welcome to the podcast where we are educating for virtue. I'm host Jeff Robertson and I'm glad you've joined me to discuss education, what it is, whom it's for, how we do it, and why. Well, so far we have talked about virtue sort of in abstract. We've tried to define it and we said that it was a habit toward the good. Virtues are semi-permanent dispositions. They are orientations or leanings, which are not easily uh, got or lost. They're semi-permanent dispositions toward the good. So they orient us and point us toward, uh, they point us down the path of becoming like Christ, becoming like the ideal veer or the ideal man. Um, I wanted to talk today, uh, get a little bit more practical um, in thinking about how do we actually practice virtue? How do we actually grow in virtue? Um, so virtues are habits. Uh, they're not they're not settled. They're not set in stone. There, I mean, there is a sense in which because they are they have become second nature uh, that they can feel like they're set in stone. Um, but that's that's not the case. They are not easily acquired or lost, but they can be acquired and lost. So, if you want to build habits of virtue, if you want to build habits toward the good for yourself, for your students, for your children, how do you do it? How do you take someone who is impatient and nullify that habit of responding and reacting with impatience towards becoming the kind of person who responds or reacts with patience or with temperance or with hopefulness or faithfulness to your duties and your covenants that you've made. Well, to talk about these issues, I I have found over the years that the easiest sort of analog, the, the best sort of analogy or, or metaphor almost, it's not quite a metaphor, uh, as hopefully you'll see, is to speak in terms of physical virtues. Um, I guess before I talk about that, I, I should mention a little bit more how man man is a, is a multifaceted, there are many aspects to man. Right when we when we think of virtues, when we hear virtues, we, we typically think of moral virtues, which is not wrong. Um, those are the central ones. Those are, uh, in the words of the ancients, right, the cardinal virtues. Those are the ones on which everything else turns. You can't become intellectually or mentally virtuous if you are not morally virtuous, or at least your intellectual virtues will be limited by the extent to which you have developed moral courage, for instance, because you won't be willing to say uh, or think things that require courage if you have not built up courage uh, or temperance or patience or humility or that sort of thing. So there are many aspects to man, to what makes a man or a woman. And I think it's, it's simplest probably to begin where we did with uh, the Lord's commands of 
loving God, heart, soul, mind, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself. So there are at least these five aspects or five angles which we ought to consider when we're thinking about virtue. There are social virtues, um, love your neighbor as yourself. There are mental virtues. There are, men, there are mental habits that more closely approximate the ideal man. There are social habits that more closely approximate the ideal man. There are physical habits. Uh, there are emotional habits. And then finally, there are habits of the heart, what, I, what I'm calling desires. There are desires which the ideal man, the virtuous man, has, uh, and which the vicious man or the, the uh, not ideal, the one set apart from the ideal man, that he has. And so I guess I could list a few from each of those categories. That might be helpful. So in the first place, uh, desire, habits of desire. What sorts of things does the virtuous man desire? Well, there, there are several uh, passages and verses in the scriptures that, that get at this fairly well, I think. Um, most, most notably, right, we need to desire the kingdom first and foremost uh, and its righteousness. And then everything else will be added. We shouldn't, we shouldn't desire primarily and principally uh, mammon or temporary earthly fame and fortune. We should desire eternal glory and fame and uh, to some extent wealth, but that's that'll be too difficult to define really uh, for this episode. So we should desire Christ. We should desire his kingdom. We should desire the success of the church uh, in the world as Christ's body. In terms of emotions, there are emotional virtues. There are ways that we should try to cultivate responsiveness to our circumstances and situations. So patience is, is an obvious one that I've talked about a fair bit. Um, we should try to cultivate patience as a response. We should try to cultivate joy as a response to our circumstances. That's, that's, that is a, an emotional virtue. Uh, likewise, there are, there are negative emotions as well that we should seek to cultivate, uh, especially in today's world in which Niceness appears to be the the paramount virtue of the age. Um, nice, being nice and making sure you don't rock the boat uh, for anyone or for any groups has been touted as the the most important thing in the world. And it it turns out that that's not really very high on the list at all when it comes to scripture. Um, Maybe you would consider that a social virtue instead, but but just stick with me here. So there are some negative virtues as well that we need to cultivate. We should not only love the things that God loves uh, and try to cultivate them in such a way that we love them sort of second nature, but as well, we, sh we should hate what God hates. We should be angry about what God is angry about or what Christ gets angry about. How does he emotionally respond to the woman at the well compared to the Pharisees. Um, there, there are lots of examples like that in the New Testament. Maybe I'll get into more of that in more detail later. But suffice it to say, there are emotional virtues as well. There are, 
there's a, a sense in which our responsiveness needs to be characterized and categorized in a way that could be described as being like Christ. Uh, there are physical virtues as well. Um, so here you can you can think of athletics as a as a simple analogy, which is what I'm going to get to later. But it's it's better, for instance, to be strong than it is to be weak. Right, strength, physical strength, um, is is a is a benefit in every situation. I can't think of a situation in which being strong is actually going to handicap you. Um, being fast, having endurance, right? There are lots of passages about endurance and running the race to win and uh, buffeting your body to discipline your body, right? N- none of them, uh, many of those passages in the New Testament anyway, describe. Uh, or outline the fact that spiritual endurance and spiritual health is more important than physical, which it most certainly is, but that doesn't mean that physical things are not important. So there are things like strength, speed, stamina, endurance, um, I don't know, dexterity. Uh, other physical virtues, though, um, might be things like general physical competence when it comes to specific disciplines, you might say. So a, a carpenter, right, to take take Jesus here, a carpenter has certain physical habits that are virtuous, that approximate him or not to the ideal when it comes to carpentry or playing piano or playing guitar. There are physical habits, playing the scales and, and all that, the way that you, the way that you finger the keys. Uh, there are habits that more closely approximate the virtuous pianist. So, let's see, desire, emotion, physical, mental. What are mental virtues? A really big one is mental humility. Being able to hear new ideas with humility without jumping to judgment, making sure that we understand, right? That we that we seek to understand before we seek to be understood. Um, that we can listen well um, habits of analytical thought, being able to take an idea or what we think and, and pull it apart and be able to see all of the pieces and how do they fit together. What you might call uh, synthetic thought, being able to hear several different ideas and recognize how they might fit together in a particular way. That's a habit that needs to be cultivated. Um, and all of these are things which some people and I guess this is true of really all virtues uh, in all of these categories, but some people are sort of innately, apparently uh, just born with better or worse uh, capabilities in either of these categories. So some people are just physically strong, right? God has just gifted them with physical strength or with mental acuity. Um, the ability to, to see through, see all the parts and pieces of an idea, put it back together and all that. Um, but for all of us, for those who are, who are apparently naturally gifted um, by God and those who aren't necessarily, all of these things can be cultivated, they can be practiced, they can be improved. Um, and there's a certain extent to which we ought to be trying to improve on all of these if we want to be conformed after the image of Christ. So physical virtues, mental virtues, finally social virtues. Um, There are habits, there are practices that the ideal man has which are uh, social 
there, there are better and worse social habits is, is a way to say this. Um, when you speak to people, do you look them in the eye? Do you give them a firm handshake, right? Do you hear what they have to say? Are you empathetic? Are you compassionate for them? Do you genuinely want uh, their, their betterment? Are you actually looking out for their good, which is, is a virtue um, that you might call charity or love, wanting the best for other people? That one, for sure, since we mentioned niceness earlier, that stands in pretty stark contrast, I think, to um, the prevailing popular virtue of niceness. Um, Niceness is not primarily concerned with what's best for other people as much as it's concerned with not making them feel icky in some way or upsetting, you know, rocking the boat, right? So these are some examples of some virtues in some of these categories some ways in which uh, different people are born with different uh, different tendencies. Furthermore, people are raised in different households with different emphases on different um, several of these virtues. But all of these things, I think we can agree, are things which it's better to have than to not have. And they're all things which uh, are, are habits that can be improved, that can be practiced in a sense. Um, and I know I, I began this, this episode by saying I was going to get to exactly how uh, we practice them. How do we grow in them? Um, but it seems I'm, I'm getting short on time, so I might have to save that for the next episode. But to wrap all of this up, uh, it is certainly the case that moral virtues, things like courage, things like temperance, self-control, things like uh, prudence or love, charity for your neighbor. These are all moral virtues and these are all central. These are all cardinal virtues. Cardinal just meaning sort of the the hinge on which all of the other ones turn. Um, They certainly are that. Um, But there are also many other different types and categories of virtues that we could consider. So there are physical virtues, there are mental virtues, there are social, there are emotional virtues, and then uh, there are virtues of desire, which for better or worse, I'm sort of um, thinking of as these moral virtues, um, virtues of desire. So next time we will get to the the practical. How do we actually practice these virtues and what does that look like? And I hope to talk to you then. Well, that's it for this episode of the Educating for Virtue podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope you'll do so next time. And until then, I pray that God would bless your obedience to his commands to be fruitful, to go and make disciples, and to train and instruct your children in the Lord. Thank you.